So, it, this is the postseason edition of the Boiler Up Beer Down podcast. Been a couple weeks since we last talked to you. As everyone knows, the season ended prematurely with a loss to St. Peter's in Sweet 16. So, with this, we are going to sum up the season, give a little bit of a preview of what's to come this offseason in regards to who's staying, who's going, who might be coming into the program, uh, maybe touch a little bit on a prediction for next year, and we're not just limited to basketball. We'll maybe touch a little bit on football, the spring game, and we also have a segment in the middle of the show that will be guaranteed to make everyone laugh, and when we get to it, you'll know. So, HB, do you want to start us off with yeah, I mean, who's talking right now? Do the viewers know, who, listeners know who's talking right now? This is Rouse 23. My bad. Uh, <laughs> we'll pass it off to Habitual Boiler. He can kind of start with his thoughts about how the season ended. You've had two weeks to digest a Purdue season that started with a lot of promise. And unfortunately, as we all kind of have come to expect, a lot of promise, not a lot of on the delivery side of things. So just kind of what were your two weeks out from the season? What are your kind of final thoughts on it all? Yeah. Yeah. Before we get there, what does the 23 in your name? I I think I know, but what just I, Jordan. I, yeah. Gabby knows. Yeah. That's what I figured. Um, that's well, what it's like when you, when you have like a, a player like that, you know, it's also what happens when you live in Iowa and you have very limited access to professional sports teams. So you have what's on TV and you don't have a choice. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll start with what y'all been doing the last couple of weeks. Anything fun? I mean, I watched, I'm, I know that there's some fans that once their team's done, they can't watch the rest of the tournament. It's just too, what might've been. I, I love college basketball. It's my favorite sport. Uh, so I watched every Elite Eight, Final Four championship game. If you were one of those who sat out the rest of the season, you missed uh, a really good Final Four game in North Carolina Duke and a really good championship game in North Carolina, Kansas. Uh, kind of better to see that a completely banged up and basically down to their last legs North Carolina team came two minutes away from winning a national title when Purdue uh, not handily, but kind of controlled the game against them all uh, an entire game against them early in the season. Don't say that. Don't say that. It's not November. You can't say that. (laughs) People are going to come for you. But other than, I mean, it was, it's just honestly about 36 hours after the loss, I was already looking forward to, what comes with this upcoming season. It's going to be kind of a radically different looking Purdue team. It might be a little bit different looking on offense. We still got, like we said, we got some roster news to talk about, but I think it's going to maybe not be as successful as far as uh, ranking and seed in the tournament, but I think it's going to be a Purdue team that a lot of people enjoy watching. Yeah. Well, uh, Gabby, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Um, same. I watched all the games. I could not not watch them. Um, I know that 
I uh, saw a lot of people say they weren't going to watch, but yep, it was good. Um, I also don't think, you know, I posted the UNC Purdue score. I don't think after watching that, I still don't think Purdue probably would have made it to the final four. Um, had they had they beat St. Peter's, I don't know that they were going to beat UNC again. People say that, and I, I can see that. I mean, that, that was, and I hate saying this because I hate when announcers say it, but that was high-level basketball. Mm-hmm. Right? I just don't. I mean, maybe we could have because we, you know, but had you know, played you, up. I mean, we, we stepped up and played Illinois when we needed to. When the ref, throw, when the ref throws the ball in the air, you know, game's on. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say you pretty would have got dominated by that UNC team. Nobody knows. Obviously, yeah. you beat by the 15 seed St. Peter Peacocks. <laughs> they could have got dominated by anybody, but. Well, yeah, we just I, never, like, had we turned the corner that I think we were all expecting, then, yeah, we could have. But we just never turned that corner. And so I don't know that we would have ever. I think Ryle said this. They were never the team we thought they were. You know, like, we thought that they were going to be something, and they just never could. I don't know. Everyone got better, and we just didn't. <laughs> this team and, and many Purdue teams in the past have struggled with fast guard-oriented teams. And that's exactly what St. Peter was. So when the ball tips against a, a North Carolina um, or a Duke, you know, I mean, that's that's those are teams that Purdue beat. Those are teams that Purdue can beat. So I don't know what would have happened. I sure wish they would have got past St. Peter's. But, you know, it was it was pretty devastating. But, you know, as a Purdue fan, you've lived through so many of these that each one gets a little bit easier every time. Right. So it didn't it, for me. I couldn't watch the rest of the Sweet 16 games. I didn't watch much of the Elite Eight, but the Final Four is always the Final Four, so you got to watch it, right? And the National Championship game was great. It was a great game. I just like to see my favorite team playing in it, like once in my lifetime. Just once. <laughs> just once. So I get I don't have much of an outline for this podcast, um, but I do want to take a look back at the season review. I mean, I I, I know. Both of you, including myself, won't say that say that this team underachieved. We didn't. Uh, and again, I'm saying we. We're not going to say they underachieved. The, 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 no, I know you will. I know you will. Oh. By the way, this podcast does say we when we refer to Purdue, so get over it. <laughs> so, I, I know would none of us play for Purdue. I don't give a shit. We, it's we. Yeah. So. I, We're the sixth for, man. <laughs> The seventh man. That's that sixth man's pay crew. I know. That was insane. <laughs> uh so Purdue started off the season's pretty well steamrolling opponents, right? We were scoring a bunch of points. Uh, you know, I think they started the season off was it five or six consecutive games in the nineties. You know, it was ninety-six against Bellarmine, ninety-two against Indiana State, ninety-six against Wright State, ninety-three against North Carolina. And then uh, uh, Villanova, they got into the 80s, 97 against Omaha, 93 against Florida State. And at that point, you're thinking, man, this team is an offensive juggernaut. We're not playing that great of defense, but we can outscore anybody, right? Is that what you and, guys thought? And, then we, and then we focus on defense <laughs> and our offense with the weight side. I almost wish we hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. Just outscore I, them. I thought that. 
the offense efficiency, no matter how bad they were on defense, that was just going to probably be able like, they're just going to outscore teams that teams would panic and kind of try to speed up and get out more in that transition where Purdue thrived. And I think the non-conference kind of papered over some of those flaws where if you're having live ball turnovers against no offense to the right state and Bellerman fans that listen, you can do, you can play loose and still score 90 against those. When it got into the big 10 and all of a sudden you need to value every possession. This just wasn't a team that was prepared to do that. It was one of those things where they weren't as bad as they looked in those losses that they had this year. But I don't really ever think that they were probably the best team in the nation. Yeah, they, I agree. They, they deserve to be number one based on the what had happened. Yeah, the number one ranking came by attrition, right? Everybody in front of yeah. them. And, and Purdue Hatton to that point. Yeah. And that was, they had played like, based on other teams losing, they deserved to be the number one team in the nation. They had to, in almost which I would have said was the most Purdue thing ever before losing St. Peter's was being up 15 with six minutes to go against Iowa with the number one ranking sitting right on the mantle and then having that come down to a one possession game with a minute left. And that just kind of showed that they got better against pressure as the year went on, but those turnovers, they always, they never went fully away. There was never a stretch where you said, wow, Purdue's really, really tighten it up there's not these silly turnovers and that's just eventually kind of what bit them was at some point you just you can't overcome the opponent and yourself at the same time yeah and you even you even said like they they showed us who they were time and time again and i think like i kept believing they were going to be a different team in the tournament and they just weren't they were they were the team that blew it in the conference and they were the team that blew it in the tourney and the Big Ten tourney, and then again in March. So that that what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight game stretch to start the season. Purdue was eight and zero, got the number one ranking. I remember at that point, like you played Bellarmine, Indiana State, Wright State, North Carolina, Villanova, Omaha, Florida State, and Iowa. And I thought, well, okay, is North North Carolina a normal North Carolina team? They're probably not. They didn't they didn't appear so at the time. What, is Villanova that good? And you look back at it now, yeah, they 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 were good teams. Maybe they weren't playing at the level that they played at the end of the season. You look at the uh, right state team that they absolutely steamrolled. Uh, they finished twenty two and, and fourteen, so that's not a bad team. Bellerman finished twenty and thirteen, uh, and I think I think Bellerman. Uh, Riles, maybe you know. I think they won the Atlantic Sun, didn't they? Yeah. And, they and they couldn't get into the tournament because this was their first year in D1. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, that was. I don't know if they won the A Sun championship game, but I know they were involved because it was something weird that if they, if they actually won it, the team that had the best record in the overall in conference got it versus the team they would have beat in the championship game. I'm, I don't remember how that shook out, but yeah, they were, and they were solid the year before too. I think they uh, were a top two seed in the A-Sun tournament last year too. So that's, 
not a bad team. But regardless, you and then so you beat Florida State at home, absolutely demolished them. Really, the only game, pretty much of the entire season, where Purdue just dominated from start to finish. Right? There was that game was hardly ever in question. You come home and you beat an Iowa team nobody knew a whole lot about. We just knew that they had a. Uh, we just knew that they were going to press us. Uh, we held off their run and ended up getting beat or uh, beating them by seven. Um, that's a pretty solid stretch looking back at it. You know, Purdue beat some really good teams during that stretch. And they, you know, you say they didn't deserve their number one ranking or they, you know, the reason they got it through attrition, but they still beat some solid teams. Looking back now at that eight game stretch, that's a tough stretch. Could you imagine them playing that stretch to end the season and what their record would have would have ended up with? So they were playing some okay. really good ball. So I'm going to go off here and I know it's a little bit. What do you think happened then? What well, happened from the I, beginning of the season to the Ron end? Ron Hopper Jr. hits a, a half court last second three point shot. So that changed the whole thing for the rest of the season. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. The free flowing offense that we saw to begin the year, the, the aggressive attack the zone, make the other team, or uh, yeah, attack the pre- full court press, make the other team pay for uh, being too aggressive. It just started to wane from there. I think the big thing was that to start the year, Purdue, the only key contributor that they lost from the previous year to this season was Aaron Wheeler transferring. So they had a lot of familiarity with each other. So typically, especially in college now, especially with transferring, a lot of teams don't really bring back that same roster year in year. So at the start of the year, Purdue's already knows what their teammates are going to do. They're locked in as far as that. So they're already starting at a high level. Other teams, as they get more comfortable with each other, more comfortable with each other, can just the only way they have to go is up. And so I think it was Purdue was kind of at their peak to start, which is not something that we typically see with Purdue teams. We typically see Purdue kind of get things figured out in the non-conference, and then by the time February rolls around, it's a team you don't want to play. And it just seemed like they started kind of at their max. And with having your three best players be very, very incompatible with each other, you only had so high that you could go. Where your best player is thrives in an open court, run-and-gun system, but your second and third best players drive in a slow down, get it to the block. We're going to pound the post. We're going to pound the post. And sometimes when it works out perfectly, like that second half against Illinois at home, it's perfect. But a lot of the times you see, it's just kind of a contradiction. There just really wasn't, it was a very atypical Purdue team, I guess is the best way to say it. It's not what you typically see for Purdue. You don't see, kind of that you don't see a Purdue team that doesn't value the ball that is kind of loose on defense but one that can just score in bunches that can I think at one point Purdue led the nation in 10-0 runs far and away the two best teams in the country but it just kind of when it came down to crunch time and you have to value the possessions and you have to get the rebounds and make those stops it just wasn't a team that was suited to do that. So, well, and we were talking about like pre um, 
tournament. Like wanting, I wanted them, like everybody was on me because I wanted them to win the conference. So it doesn't matter. All matters is the tourney. Then I wanted them to win the Big Ten tourney. It doesn't matter. It just matters about March. And we went in with no hardware. and <laughs> We came out with no hardware. So it would have been nice had we won something for the season because it's obsolete. This season goes down as nothing, pretty much. Besides the um, choose it tourney. Hey, <laughs> any, anyone can win a national title. There was only one winner. Oh, the cheese it's this year. Yeah. We won the cheese it tourney. <laughs> Hang the banner. Those cheese it stay with you for a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> Those memories will never pass. You know, the white the white cheddar cheese it's are good, so I'll give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of weird though. We don't I think what was it? Maybe the eighteen nineteen team? No, no, I don't know. We we usually don't win those preseason tournaments. No. So, so, okay, so I've already early made, season. My, I made my decision. I don't even want to see us in the top 10 next year. Like, I want to be the 18-19 team where we're terrible. Everyone's, like, dogging on us. We're UNC. No one thinks we're going to make it into the tourney of this year. And then we just go off in February and March. <laughs> I don't want any. I don't want to be that's such a anymore. That's such a Purdue mentality. I know. I hate it. You can be good from start to finish. <laughs> you know that? You you don't have to start sucking at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I just, I'd like to see a Purdue team come out and just go wire to wire one year. <laughs> I don't, Honestly, I don't care how they get there. I don't care. If they make a Final Four, I don't care if they barely sneak into the tournament. Just get to that damn Final Four. Do it. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're old. <laughs> So Riles just, just turned 30. Happy birthday, by the way. No, I, it's, I turned 31 on Saturday. So oh, not I thought you said 30. New. New. If you need um, if you need contacts with, like, the AARP, just hit me up, man. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. I'll be 33 in July, so. I'm getting old. All right. So... Looking through the rest of the season, we go to we we get our number one ranking. We go to Rutgers. We lose on the the Ron Harper Jr. shot, and at the time it felt pretty bad because Rutgers had lost some pretty nasty games there early, right? Bad. Turns out that Rutgers was not all that bad. Um, so we held on to that number one ranking for, well, I guess it was a full week, but it was honestly only like two days. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Well. Uh, oh. Lost on Thursday. It was a Thursday, so we had it for three full days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of the season happened. So, and and that's when all the games were tight. Uh, you know, you I guess Purdue's next loss wasn't until Wisconsin at home, and that was a disappointing loss. I hate losing at home, especially when you have what's supposed to be one of your most talented teams ever. But again, it's Wisconsin. You lose, you move on. Their next loss comes. That was a really bad loss, by the way. I I, I felt it at the time. Everybody was saying shake it off, and I I did not no, like. It. it was bad. That was the first warning sign that this team was a little loose with the basketball. Yeah. Well, and it almost feels like that Rutgers loss because they went to NC State after Rutgers, and and NC State is not a good team. They took like eleven wins, and and it it took them they had to take them to overtime. Right. And and Purdue should have lost that game. 
Yeah, that took a 10-point comeback in the last four minutes. It did. Uh, so then you're not feeling very good about Purdue after that. Um, something changed. And I, they, they've never been great defensively. They were turning the ball over even in those early games. But their offense started um, – you just didn't see the free-flowing offense like we were used to. And, you know, their point totals started going down. Um, it just – it never felt the same from that point on. It was a, it's a, it was a fight for every single win. Which and it's kind of weird because I wrote down here like mental. They were never mentally tough, which is kind of hard to believe because they had three seniors. It wasn't like they were a young team. They should have. They had the experience. Well, that's, sometimes I, mean, I think when you have seniors, you get two in your head. Like we have to do it. You know, I thought that about like the Edwards, Matthias, Haas year. They were so like old <laughs> that like you felt like they had to accomplish something but we had young guys i don't know i don't know what happened well you if they weren't go back and watch that villanova game i mean they so showed some serious grit in that game yeah they were down 10 at one point in that and came back so it was just it was just kind of a weird it was weird that's i mean i that's the best way to say it it was it this was a very weird purdue team very weird uh a team that we thought could could do everything but we all knew i could also lose to a 15 seed in the tournament so unfortunately (laughs) it was the latter so i i basically on the season that's all i got you know they after they after they went to after they lost at indiana they went and got embarrassed at michigan that was their next loss really the only game they ever they got blown out in i mean they were never in that game um uh, your next loss comes at michigan state that was that was the 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 two game stretch where they were two or three the two game stretch where they could have locked locked in at least a share of the big 10 title um and and they lost by three points at Michigan State. Then you go to Wisconsin. You lose by three points at Wisconsin on two bank ridiculous circus shots. Um, and then their next loss comes to uh, Iowa in the Big Ten tournament. And then we all know what their their next loss was after that. So I'm not sure there's anything left to say about the season. There were some fun high points. There were several lows. It ne- you know from. The second half of the season, you never really felt good about a whole lot of anything, <laughs> but you were just glad that they were still winning most of their games. Um, so, anything else left to say on on this season that uh, that our Boilers just had? It's uh, for me a season that's just gonna. It was disappointing in a sense that they, I mean, they won almost won thirty games. They got that number one ranking, but it's one of those I think people are always going to have that feeling like, what if? Like, what if they don't turn it over 17 times against Michigan? <laughs> title? What if they, in one of those possessions against St. Peter's, when they're up four, they're able to get a basket and go up six or seven instead of just never able to break past that? It's just kind of one of those you might always just kind of be like, what if? Yeah. Yeah, and I do. I mean, it sucks. I know. Sweet 16 isn't what we want, but 
at least I guess we didn't make it to the Sweet 16. It was like us in Michigan. Everyone else got bounced. I mean, to make it to that second weekend, I know that's not what we want to hear, but. Well, that's a good rabbit hole. What the hell is the Big Ten's problem? Uh, we play. We are dated in our style of play. We're not going to win that. It's the same thing every year. It's a team. It's a conference that still kind of lives through post. Big man. Yeah. And then you get into the tournament and it's it's guard play. On March, is it's your guards. And yep. we've seen teams, like, I mean, last year's Illinois team, they had uh, uh, Io DeSumo, really good uh, guard playing big minutes for the Bulls right now, but that's still a team that their offense ran through Kofi Coburn, and they ran yeah. into a Loyola team that was just able to kind of stymie that, and then they didn't really have anything else. There's just – I think occasionally you'll see teams shift. Iowa is very not post-centric, but, geez, they can't – they haven't found a tournament game that they couldn't lose if they tried, so – <laughs> yeah, I was right there with us. <laughs> Unfortunately, to support two bad teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you both answered this question, but I'm going to ask you straight up, um, Gabby: Is this is this Purdue season a success or a disappointment? Oh, it was a success. It was- that was a freaking disappointment. <laughs> the dumbest question. Riles. Yes. It was a success in some aspects, but I would say there is no in between. Sixty-five percent disappointment, thirty-five percent success. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> what? What was a success? Hey, they almost twenty-nine wins is nothing to sneeze at. Number one ranking, nothing to sneeze at. Just the they made a sweet 16. I mean, that's we expect more. This team should have had more, but there's... Oh, gosh. You could be a lot worse. I just think with the expectations coming into the season, uh, as Gabby said, you don't bring any serious hardware home. And it's at this point. They, they achieved a lot. They just probably didn't achieve as much as they could have. Yeah. They were a team who couldn't beat anyone and also lost anybody. Yeah, and that's what hurts this one because those uh, Edwards and Haas and Matthias teams, when those teams got bounced, they got bounced other than when Haas got hurt against Texas Tech. I mean, the previous year, they could have played Kansas 10 times and they were going to probably lose nine. They got beat by a better team. This Purdue team is one that goes – we really shouldn't have lost that game. You yeah. play, you replay that game multiple times. That it, wins it. you should win the majority of them, but it's this team for some reason they just they couldn't put teams away. They always kind of gave them a lifeline. Yeah. All right. Okay. So moving on. Here, here's what we know going into next season. We know we know Ivy's not back coming back. That's a gimme. Uh, Jaden Ivey will be declaring for or has declared for the NBA draft, and we hope he's a top five pick and gets paid lots of money. Uh, we know Sasha isn't going to return. I think Sasha will have a great overseas career. Um, 
And we know Trey's not coming back. Eric Hunter Jr. is still a little bit of a question mark. I don't know that there's anything definitive there. Uh, Purdue Basketball has put out some stuff on social media that's a little bit cryptic um, with uh, Eric Hunter and, and Brandon Newman uh, hugging or whatever they were doing. Um, no, Brandon Newman, Brandon Newman posted like a picture. It was like him in a Purdue uniform. I don't know what he said, but it, didn't it say was anything. Purdue- he doesn't post a ton either on social media, so trying to dissect what's going through a. He didn't post anything. No, he doesn't normally post a oh, lot. But didn't so, he post a picture yeah. of himself? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so he no, posts himself perfect. in a Purdue uniform at the end of season. Okay, say what you will. He's not declaring. He's well, not. A lot of a lot of people on social media took that as a, I'm I'm here to stay, yeah. but there's still nothing firm there. No, but see until he's not. Yeah. I would say I think he's gonna stay. Why wouldn't he have declared he, already? If he's transferring, I feel like he would have transferred by now, like Isaiah Thompson did. I don't yeah. feel like that's probably something that you want to wait because unfortunately at this time the transfer portal is like musical chairs and you don't want to be the last one. Yeah. So I would say basically from everything I read about Hunter and from hearing from what Brian Newbert at Golden Black said and what he said the interactions that he and Mike Carmen had with Hunter was that at the end of the year, Hunter came up to him and thanked them for all they had done during his career. Kind of everything from his perspective seemed like it was final. But I mean, never say never. I wouldn't expect him back, but he could. He could. I, I think the the fact that he, you know, there is nothing uh, formal from him yet. I think there's a chance. I don't know that that's a huge chance, but you never know. He, he could be giving people goodbyes and the next day, something, you know, something clicks in your brain like, dude, I'm going to miss this. I'm coming back. Oh, I have another like, college basketball. You make a decision, say, because someone said that Painter talked to the seniors last spring or whatever, and they were like, no, we're all leaving. And you're like, okay, we're going to go do it. But the season doesn't turn out how you want. Okay. You kind of still have the itch to maybe go do it again. Could you change your mind? But then also, does that, you know, like Painter probably wanted to know because, hey, I need to recruit people. Um, does that kind of play a role? Like Painter's like, hey, no, you like said you guys were gone. You're gone. Or no. I don't think he'd close the door, but I think he would be very open with them and say, like, hey, we have. Already, if, I can, if I can get, if yeah. I can, you know, somebody that's better than you, you're, you're not going to play, right? I mean, right. I'm going to try. He's not one who's going to say, oh, yeah, you can come back and you'll have your starting spot. I'll be like, we, I appreciate your honesty, but you've already made our plans going forward that you told us you weren't coming back. Our plans no longer include you. Yeah, I don't know if he'd be that um, – if 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 that person can contribute to the team, they're gonna play. Um, I, I like I can imagine his conversation with Brandon Newman was, you know, look, dude, I know the I know that the second half of the season didn't pan out the way you wanted it to, but you look at what we're losing, and you're now gonna be a junior, and what we need, uh, I can't guarantee you a spot, but the the um, the opportunity is really, really good for you here and not go start somewhere else, right? And you make your own decision. 
I would I, I know that's not verbatim, but I, I almost guarantee you that's what he told Brandon Newman. Um, yeah, and I, I think Newman's I, got a good head on him too. So you know he he came to Purdue for a reason, and maybe he'll maybe he'll stick around because the opportunity is pretty damn big for him next year. Yeah, Brandon and his style of play predicates on him having the ball in his hands a lot. And when you have Jaden Ivey, I mean that's. And then you're backing up Sasha, who was integral to a lot of the Purdue offensive sets. That's just, and I think he understood that too, that, hey, to unseat this, you're going to have to be X amount better than these guys. And to his credit, he stayed ready. That Penn State game, he, in the Big Ten tournament, he came in and he did when Purdue was scuffling on offense and he gave him a boost. And I think from everything I've read, I think he's – I know he's had a rough personal life. He lost – I believe he lost his dad to COVID. It's been kind of a crappy couple of years for him. But I think that he's – I would be surprised if he leaves at this point. I think I would be too. I would be too. So, so what, as I said, what do you think our starting lineup looks like next year? You know, let's say Newman well, stays. Thompson's gone. That, there's another big one to get to. Um, there's some uh, a little bit more traction to uh, Edie potentially going to the draft than I thought there would be eventually. Now, I, do I think he actually goes? I still would lean no, but... Well, um, I heard he was going Europeanly because he didn't like school. The, 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 I, would, I would say Edie will go through the draft process. Sure. I of would... Course. He's got enough to work on that teams will say you have to show us you have to improve on this what does he have to show them at this point he he wasn't super efficient for what you would think a 7-4 guy was on offense he's was like the most efficient offensive player I was like halfway through this he's the most efficient man in America he kind of fell off a cliff the back half of the year like he's needs to work on if he doesn't get perfect post position, what's your counter move? Like if you have to post up three feet farther out than you're used to, what's your, what are you doing? Are you kicking it back out and are you trying to repost? Are you able to find a cutter? Are you able to maybe make a little turnaround nine foot jumper? Cause it kind of seemed like his thing was, I got this hook shot and it, it's going up. It doesn't matter if I'm on the block in perfect position or if I'm nine feet out, I'm going to try to get to a spot, and that kind of gets uh, thrown off. And to his benefit for him staying, he's still really young, and especially in basketball age, as far as his experience goes, you're not going to get that hands-on instruction in the NBA. They're going to put you in the G League, and it's going to be like, hey, you're playing with grown men trying to get called up, trying to get a paycheck. College – you got Brandon Brantley. You can call up anytime of the night and be like, hey, coach, I was looking at this. Like, what do I need to do to improve this? You're not going to get that in the pros. You're not going to get that hands-on instruction for a kid who's played basketball for five years at this point. I think he stays just because he needs that. I don't even say, I was going to say, and you know more than me, I don't even see, I don't know, like, see him in the NBA. There is a role for him. It's not like he's... And you know what? If he proves me wrong, that's fantastic. I would love that. <laughs> I don't think he's ever probably even a starter in the NBA. 
But you get him, like I said, a little bit more efficient around the basket. There's a role that you could carve a bench unit around him and say, hey, you're going to play 12, 15 minutes. You're going to get up seven, eight shots. If you can get us eight, 10 points in this time and not give that many back or twice as many back, you got a chance. And I think, I think this year, maybe you might even see him. He's got a good form on his jumper. You might see him maybe not take threes, but I could see him maybe elbow jumpers. And we'll see. Like, I think that's something that their teams are going to want to be able to see. Like, can you shoot a jump shot? Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy you say that. I cannot see him shooting a jump shot at all. It does seem kind of weird. <laughs> Did he shoot a jump <laughs> shot all year? <laughs> I said, maybe I a so. couple. I don't know. Well, so, Gabby, to get to your question about who do we see starting next year, I think we got to talk about the transfer portal first. And and we know absolutely nothing concrete about the transfer portal. We know rumors out there. We do know who have visited today, and we're recording this on Thursday, April 7th. Um, we had a pretty big visitor on campus today, or Painter had a pretty good visitor on campus with uh, Nigel Pack, right? The Kansas State transfer on Nigel Pack. Uh, and he's attracted some pretty big interest from, from some pretty big programs here in the last week. At one point, it felt like Purdue was – you know, really heavily in the lead on on uh, on this kid, but you know, now that the the big boys have entered the chat, um, I guess we don't know. But it's good that he's on campus. Yep, and uh, Purdue's got I think a couple advantages. I know. So the I think the big four involved right now are Purdue, Gonzaga, Arizona, and Duke is just offered or is just talking to him. But Purdue's got some advantages. A in that pack is local it's from indiana purdue was one of the teams that originally was recruiting him uh, i believe that was the class that they took Keith morton and Jaden ivy so it's kind of a little bit of scholarship crunch uh, his coach in college that he loved is bruce weber who we all know a lot of connections to matt painter so Pack has there's a lot going for Purdue that if he doesn't commit this weekend, it's not the end of the world, which I'm sure there will be some <laughs> Purdue fans that say that. That if he leaves campus without committing, that it's over, he's gonna go somewhere else. And it's Purdue always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But <laughs> I do say if they don't get him, it's gonna be tough to try to fill that role of because they need right now the point guards on the roster are Ethan Morton, who has never actually played the one in college. And then Braden Smith, incoming freshman who has a bad foot. <laughs> Don't know if he needs surgery or not. And then uh, Fletcher lawyer who is in his own little tiff in the state of Indiana with, I don't pay enough attention to this, but apparently like refused he did. An he offer. Got the All-Star invitation. Yeah. What's that all about? Because I, he didn't get Mr. Basketball? I believe that's kind of what that I think that's why. From. I thought maybe they might get hurt. That this team was a little loose with the basketball. Yeah. Well, and it almost feels like that Rutgers lost because they went to NC State 
after Rutgers, and and NC State is not a good team. They took like eleven wins, and and it it took that they had to take them to overtime, right? And and Purdue should have lost that game. Yeah, yeah. that took a ten point comeback in the last four minutes. It did. Uh, so then you're not feeling very good about Purdue after that. Um, something changed, and I they they've never been great defensively. They were turning the ball over even in those early games. But their offense started. Um, you just didn't see the free-flowing offense like we were used to, and you know their point total started going down. Um, it just it never felt the same from that point on. It was a, it's a, it was a fight for every single win. Which and it's kind of weird because I wrote down here like mental. They were never mentally tough, which is kind of hard to believe because they had three seniors. It wasn't like they were a young team. They should have. They had the experience. Well, that's, sometimes I, mean, I think when you have seniors, you get two in your head, like, we have to do it, you know? I thought that about, like, the Edwards, Matthias, Haas here. They were so, like, old <laughs> that, like, you felt like they had to accomplish something. But we had young guys. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Well, you said, if they weren't, go back and watch that Villanova game. I mean, they so, showed some serious grit in that game. Yeah, they were down 10 one point in that and came back so it was just it was just kind of a weird it was weird that's i mean i, hate it, I that's the best way to say it it was it this was a very weird purdue team very weird uh a team that we thought could could do everything but we all knew i uh, could also lose to a 15 seed in the tournament so unfortunately, <laughs> it was the latter so i i Basically on the season, that's all I got. You know, they, after they after they went to uh, after they lost at Indiana, they went and got embarrassed at Michigan. That was their next loss. Uh, that's really the only game they ever they got blown out in. I mean, they were never in that game. Um, uh, your next loss comes at Michigan State. That was that was the 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 two game stretch where they were two or three the two game stretch where they could have locked locked in at least a share. Of the Big Ten title, um, and and they lost by three points at Michigan State. Then you go to Wisconsin, you lose by three points at Wisconsin on two bank ridiculous circus shots. Um, and then their next loss comes to uh, Iowa in the Big Ten tournament, and then we all know what their their next loss was after that. So I'm not sure there's anything left to say about the season. There were some fun high points. There were several lows. It ne- you know from the second half of the season, you never really felt good about a whole lot of anything, <laughs> but you were just glad that they were still winning most of their games. Um, so, anything else left to say on on this season that uh, that our Boilers just had? It's uh, for me a season that's just gonna. It was disappointing in a sense that they, I mean, they won almost won thirty games. They got that number one ranking, but it's one of those I think people are always going to have that feeling like, what if? Like, what if they don't turn it over 17 times against Michigan? (laughs) What if they, in one of those possessions against St. Peter's, when they're up four, they're able to get a basket and go up six or seven instead of just never able to break past that? It's just kind of one of those you might always just kind of be like, what if? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I do. I mean, it sucks. I know Sweet Sixteen isn't what we want, but at least I guess we didn't make it to the Sweet Sixteen. It was like us in Michigan. Everyone else got bounced. I mean, to make it to that second weekend, I know that's not what we want to hear, but. Well, that's a good rabbit hole. What the hell is the Big Ten's problem? Uh, we play. We are dated in our style of play. We're not going to win that. It's the same thing every year. It's a team. It's a conference that still kind of lives through post. Big man. Yeah. And then you get into the tournament and it's it's guard play on March is it's your guards. And yep. we've seen teams like, I mean, last year's Illinois team, they had uh, uh, Io DeSumo, really good uh, guard playing big minutes for the Bulls right now, but that's still a team that their offense ran through Kofi Coburn and they ran yeah. into a Loyola team that was just able to kind of stymie that. And then they didn't really have anything else. There's just, I think occasionally you'll see teams shift. Iowa is very not post centric, but geez, they can't, they haven't found a tournament game that they couldn't lose if they tried. So, <laughs> yeah, I was right there with us. You unfortunately support two bad teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you both answered this question, but I'm going to ask you straight up, um, Gabby. Is this is this Purdue season a success or a disappointment? Oh, it was a success. It was- that was a freaking disappointment. <laughs> the dumbest question. Riles. Yes. It was a success in some aspects, but I would say there is no in between. Sixty-five percent disappointment, thirty-five percent success. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> what? What was a success? Hey, they almost twenty-nine wins is nothing to sneeze at. Number one ranking, nothing to sneeze at. Just but Jesus. They made a sweet 16. I mean, that's we expect more. This team should have had more, but there's... Oh, gosh. You could be a lot worse. I just think with the expectations coming into the season, uh, as Gabby said, you don't bring any serious hardware home. And it's at this point. They, they achieved a lot. They just probably didn't achieve as much as they could have. Yeah. They were a team who couldn't beat anyone and also lost anybody. As we could. Yeah, and that's what hurts this one because those uh, Edwards and Haas and Matthias teams, when those teams got bounced, they got bounced other than when Haas got hurt against Texas Tech. I mean, the previous year, they could have played Kansas 10 times and they were going to probably lose nine. Yeah. They got beat by a better team. This Purdue team is one that goes – we really shouldn't have lost that game. You yeah. play, you replay that game multiple times. That it, wins it. you should win the majority of them, but it's this team for some reason they just they couldn't put teams away. They always kind of gave them a lifeline. Yeah. All right. Okay. So moving on. Here, here's what we know going into next season. We know we know Ivy's not back coming back. That's a gimme. Uh, Jay Nivey will be declaring for or has declared for the NBA draft, and we hope he's a top five pick and gets paid lots of money. 
Uh, we know Sasha isn't going to return. I think Sasha will have a great overseas career. Um, and we know Trey's not coming back. Eric Hunter Jr. is still a little bit of a question mark. I don't know that there's anything definitive there. Uh, Purdue Basketball has put out some stuff on social media that's a little bit cryptic um, with uh, Eric Hunter and, and Brandon Newman uh, hugging or whatever they were doing. Um no, Brandon Newman. Brandon Newman posted like a picture. It was like him in a Purdue uniform. I don't know what he said, but it, didn't it say was anything. Purdue. He doesn't post a ton either on social media, so trying to dissect what's going through a. He didn't post anything. No, he doesn't normally post a oh, lot. But didn't so. he post a picture yeah. of himself? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so he no, posed himself perfect. in a Purdue uniform at the end of season. <laughs> Okay, say what you will. He's not declaring. He's oh, not. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people on social media took that as a, I'm um, I'm here to stay, yeah. but there's still nothing firm there. No, I but see her until he's not. Yeah, I would say. I think he's gonna stay. Why wouldn't he have declared he, already? If he's transferring, I feel like he would have transferred by now, like Isaiah Thompson did. I don't yeah. feel like that's probably something that you want to wait because, unfortunately, at this time. The transfer portal is like musical chairs, and you don't want to be the last one. Yeah. So I would say, basically from everything I read about Hunter and from hearing from what Brian Newbert at Golden Black said and what he said, the interactions that he and Mike Carmen had with Hunter was that at the end of the year, Hunter came up to him and thanked them for all they had done during his career, kind of everything – from his perspective, seemed like it was final. But I mean, never say never. I wouldn't expect him back, but he could. He could. I, I think the the fact that he, you know, there is nothing uh, formal from him yet. I think there's a chance. I don't know that that's a huge chance, but you never know. He, he could be giving people goodbyes, and the next day, something you know, something clicks in your brain, like, dude, I'm gonna miss this. I'm coming back. Oh, I have another like, college basketball. You make a decision, say, because someone said that Painter talked to the seniors last spring or whatever, and they were like, no, we're all leaving. And you're like, okay, we're going to go do it. But the season doesn't turn out how you want, okay? You kind of still have the itch to maybe go do it again. Could you change your mind? But then also, does that, you know, like Painter probably wanted to know because, hey, I need to recruit people. Um, does that kind of play a role? Like Painter's like, Hey, no, you like said you guys are gone. You're gone. Or no, I don't think he'd close the door, but I think he would be very open with them and say like, Hey, we have already, if I can, if I can get, if yeah. I can, get, you know, somebody that's better than you, you're not going to play. Right. I mean, right. I'm going to try. He's not one who's going to say, Oh yeah, you can come back and you'll have your starting spot. I'll be like, we, I appreciate your honesty, but you've already made our plans going forward that you told us you weren't coming back. Our plans no longer include you. Yeah, I don't know if he'd be that. If 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 that person can contribute to the team, they're going to play. Um, I, I like I can imagine his conversation with Brandon Newman was, you know, look, dude, I know the. I know that the second half of the season didn't pan out the way you wanted it to, but you look at what we're losing and you're now going to be a junior and what we need. Uh, I can't guarantee you a spot, but the, the, um, 
the opportunity is really, really good for you here and not go start somewhere else, right? And you make your own decision. I would I, I know that's not verbatim, but I, I almost guarantee you that's what he told Brandon Newman. Um, yeah, and I, I think Newman's got a good head on him, too. So, you know, he he came to Purdue for a reason and maybe he'll maybe he'll stick around because the opportunity is pretty damn big for him next year. Yeah, Brandon and his style of play predicates on him having the ball in his hands a lot. And when you have Jaden Ivey, I mean, that's. And then you're backing up Sasha, who was integral to a lot of the Purdue offensive sets. That's just, and I think he understood that too, that, hey, to unseat this, you're going to have to be X amount better than these guys. And to his credit, he stayed ready. That Penn State game, he, in the Big Ten tournament, he came in and he did when Purdue was scuffling on offense and he gave him a boost. And I think from everything I've read, I think he's – I know he's had a rough personal life. He lost – I believe he lost his dad to COVID. It's been kind of a crappy couple of years for him. But I think that he's – I would be surprised if he leaves at this point. I think I would be too. I would be too. So, so what, as I said, what do you think our starting lineup looks like next year? You know, let's say Newman well, stays. Thompson's gone. That, there's another big one to get to. Um, there's some uh, a little bit more traction to uh, Edie potentially going to the draft than I thought there would be eventually. Now, I, do I think he actually goes? I still would lean no, but... Uh, well, I heard he was going Europeanly because he didn't like school. The, 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 I, would, I would say Edie will go through the draft process. Sure. I of would... Course. He's got enough to work on that teams will say you have to show us you have to improve on this what does he have to show them at this point he he wasn't super efficient for what you would think a 7-4 guy was on offense he's was like the most efficient offensive player like halfway through the season most efficient man in america he kind of fell off a cliff the back half of the year like he's needs to work on if he doesn't get perfect post position, what's your counter move? Like if you have to post up three feet farther out than you're used to, what's your, what are you doing? Are you kicking it back out and are you trying to repost? Are you able to find a cutter? Are you able to maybe make a little turnaround nine foot jumper? Cause it kind of seemed like his thing was, I got this hook shot and it, it's going up. It doesn't matter if I'm on the block in perfect position or if I'm nine feet out, I'm going to try to get to a spot, and that kind of gets uh, thrown off. And to his benefit for him staying, he's still really young, and especially in basketball age, as far as his experience goes, you're not going to get that hands-on instruction in the NBA. They're going to put you in the G League, and it's going to be like, hey, you're playing with grown men trying to get called up, trying to get a paycheck. College – you got Brandon Brantley. You can call up anytime of the night and be like, hey, coach, I was looking at this. Like, what do I need to do to improve this? You're not going to get that in the pros. You're not going to get that hands-on instruction for a kid who's played basketball for five years at this point. I think he stays just because he needs that. I don't even say, I was going to say, and you know more than me, I don't even see, I don't know, like, see him in the NBA. There is a role for him. It's not like he's... 
And you know what? If he proves me wrong, that's fantastic. I would love that. We're <laughs> probably even a starter in the NBA, but you get him, like I said, a little bit more efficient around the basket. There's a role that you could carve a bench unit around him and say, hey, you're going to play 12, 15 minutes. You're going to get up seven, eight shots. If you can get us eight, 10 points in this time and not give that many back or twice as many back, you got a chance. And I think, I think this year, maybe you might even see him. He's got a good form on his jumper. You might see him maybe not take threes, but I could see him maybe elbow jumpers. And we'll see. Like, I think that's something that their teams are going to want to be able to see that. Can you shoot a jump shot? Yeah, (laughs) that's crazy to say that. I cannot see him shooting a jump shot at all. It does seem kind of weird. (laughs) Did he shoot a jump (laughs) shot all year? (laughs) Maybe a couple. I don't know. Well, so, Gabby, to get to your question about who do we see starting next year, I think we got to talk about the transfer portal first. And and we know absolutely nothing concrete about the transfer portal. We know rumors out there. We do know who have visited today, and we're recording this on Thursday, April 7th. Um, we had a pretty big visitor on campus today, or Painter had a pretty good visitor on campus with uh, Nigel Pack, right? The Kansas State transfer on Nigel Pack. Uh, and he's attracted some pretty big interest from, from some pretty big programs here in the last week. At one point, it felt like Purdue was – you know, really heavily in the lead on on uh, on this kid, but you know, now that the the big boys have entered the chat, um, I guess we don't know. But it's good that he's on campus. Yep, and uh, Purdue's got I think a couple advantages. I know, so the I think the big four involved right now are Purdue, Gonzaga, Arizona, and Duke is just offered or is just talking to him. But Purdue's got some advantages. A in that pack is local it's from indiana purdue was one of the teams that originally was recruiting him uh, i believe that was the class that they took Keith morton and Jaden ivy so it's kind of a little bit of scholarship crunch uh, his coach in college that he loved is bruce weber who we all know a lot of connections to matt painter so Pack has there's a lot going for Purdue that if he doesn't commit this weekend, it's not the end of the world, which I'm sure there will be some <laughs> Purdue fans that say that. That if he leaves campus without committing, that it's over, he's gonna go somewhere else. And it's Purdue always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But <laughs> I do say if they don't get him, it's gonna be tough to try to fill that role of because they need right now the point guards on the roster are Ethan Morton, who has never actually played the one in college. And then Braden Smith incoming freshman who has a bad foot. <laughs> Don't know if he needs surgery or not. And then uh, Fletcher lawyer who is in his own little tiff in the state of Indiana with, I don't pay enough attention to this, but apparently like refused he did. An he offer. The All-Star invitation. Yeah. What's that all about? Because I, he didn't get Mr. Basketball? I believe that's kind of what that is. I think that's why. From. I thought maybe he didn't want to get hurt. And he's not 
from Indiana originally, so I don't think that means as much being part of that Indiana All-Stars as if he was a kid that grew up in Indiana. But that's a, another topic. That's If you're trying to understand the cycle. That's a little... That's a little concerning considering he lost to one of his teammates, future teammates. Yeah, it is. Red ass. This team, this team this year needed a red ass. They needed two of them. We had zero. You didn't, you needed someone that was going to say, Hey, figure this out. Get yourself in line. We need to figure this out. You guys want to out muscle each other, out muscle each other on the court here. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. I, it's, it'll be a little bit too, probably because I mean, if you're Nigel Pack and Gonzaga and Arizona and Duke, and you get five transfer visits, these teams want to bring you in. I would take those visits. Oh, yeah. You don't not take those visits. You guys want to win. I don't know what his, his time, I don't know what his timeline is on the taking these visits, but I would expect you wouldn't hear anything from Nigel Pack for at least a couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, these big schools, they want to wine and dine me. Sign me up. I'll come. I'll come take a look. Right. Right. Go to Louisville, get you a little stripper tour. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, Duke, Duke will put the bag of money outside the hotel room. It'll be and just what? pick it up on your way. <laughs> <laughs> so that said, back to Gabby's question. What do we imagine our what's what's going to be our starting five this year? Do you think it's transfer transfer? Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. There, there's one transfer we have not talked about that was uh, that was spoken about a whole lot about a week ago, and that would be one fantasy. Yeah. Um, do we hey, feel like it's still in play? I would consider that situation to be between him. I know Matt Painter absolutely adores the kid, and. Loved him coming out of high school. Anytime he gets a chance to talk about fantasy, compliments like his mentality. He's a winner. This, that, and the other. I think it's one of those where I think it's probably like, hey, if we're not married at 40, how about we get married? And it's kind of one of those where if you don't have anything, I don't have anything, let's get back and talk. I don't think that's probably a... Because if you just bring in fantasy by himself, that doesn't really address any of the issues that this team is going to have. I was going to say, like, he didn't even do anything at IU. They need a Oh, yeah, he did. He did one thing, I remember. He did one thing in his whole career there. They need a point guard, and they need someone who can shoot. And for his mentality and his defense, Rob Fennessey will not, has not, will not, and will never be thought of as a shooter well, that I thought, sub, that sub I, I thought of him as a shooter for a, for a night <laughs> it hey, that might have been his that was probably his audition tape he's like coach play that yeah that's what you got painters like this I, I i feel bad that he's constantly chasing this it's like this desperate <laughs> girl or guy chasing somebody who doesn't want them <laughs> it's like give it up Stop sliding in his DMs. He don't, well, who? <laughs> who? He don't want you. Who? Painter's talk- constantly after him, and he's always blowing Fantasy? them off. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think Painter's keeping him at arm's length right now. Just, yeah. just, just like keeping the. the I think uh, right now, if he had a committable offer to Purdue, he'd already be enrolled. Is how that goes. Yeah. 
But to answer Gabby's question, my starting lineup, because we've been on this topic for a bit, transfer portal guard X at point. Uh, Brandon Newman at the two. Ethan Morton at the three. Mason Gillis at the four. Zach Eady at the five. And then your bench will probably be transferred guard Y. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer. Trey Kaufman Wren. And Caleb First. I think they're going to play nine. I don't think Braden Smith will redshirt unless his foot is worse than they think. I do think if Zach Eady comes back, William Berg will redshirt because I think he's got to get used to American style basketball. I was gonna say that, and then yeah, you barely talk first. I mean, first is first is gonna play probably as many minutes as he can handle behind Edie. They're gonna and it's gonna be a lot different offense because you're gonna see more of that style that we ran with the Carson Edwards team with Matt Harms with the pip, uh, pick and pop, get the roll, get the screen yeah. up high and a dive off the roll. So, but that's my prediction. I'm with you there. I really don't have any. I guarantee somebody red shirts, and I would put I would put decent money that a couple people red shirt. That's Painter loves the red shirt, man. He loves it. He kicks himself that he didn't red shirt Ryan Klein and push him to, to harder to, to red shirt his freshman year. Painter loves Ryan Klein won him a game his freshman year. They don't beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh without Klein. Because he had three threes in the second half. Maybe, but I mean, you, it, would you stop me thinking, okay, do you want that one game or do you want a whole other year with Klein? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd take another year with Ryan Klein. I want him to come back and well, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what that team would have been with a Ryan Klein. But yeah, I'd take another year with Ryan Klein for sure. So the answer is we don't really know. We know who's gonna play. We could we could probably name three that are probably gonna be in your starting lineup next year. Hopefully it's not a complete uh, revolving door, but maybe it is. The good thing is is you know everybody's expecting Purdue to drop off next year, but most of the most of the really early season preseason top twenty fives you still see Purdue in that twenty to twenty five range. I uh, Gabby, that's right in your wheelhouse. I would say, depending on the transfers that they get, this could have a team could have a ceiling as a four or a five seed. I think right now, if they don't get like one of those upper echelon transfers, they'll probably still be a tourney team. Probably not a protected seed, something closer in that seven eight range. But I would think the wheels would have to completely fall off for this team to miss the tournament. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about next season. See what we got. And I'm excited about the following season. <laughs> well, the following season, then you probably don't have a ginormous human being standing in. Well, you, I, I shouldn't say probably, but there's a better chance that you don't. Uh, well, be a backup again because William Berg is basically Zach Eady, except if you took him to Sweden. So <laughs> Zach Eady, um, like a Zach Eady. Some DM, someone DM Painter and tell him to stop getting these seven four people and just get freaking guards who can shoot threes. <laughs> I don't care about these seven four. Like, stop fighting the biggest guy in the world and get some freaking good guards. 
All right. So uh, a couple days ago, we tweeted that we were going to uh, be making a show tonight. And if anybody had any questions, we didn't have a bunch come in, but there is a there is a few. So I'm going to rapid fire these to you guys. Who's a love rap? Who's the starting point guard next year, and why is it Eric Hunter Jr.? That that comes from Fat Painter. <laughs> I, I say because Eric Hunter Jr. will be in the uh, working world starting his first professional post-athletics career. Okay. Okay. Gabby, you got anything on that? No. Okay. This comes from Justin Overman. Who is the number two scoring option next year after Edie? Oh. Uh, I'm going to have to say a guard coming in. <laughs> Brandon Newman. On the team right now? Oh, I'd Brandon, Newman. Brandon Newman. Oh, Brandon Newman. Brandon Newman. I, Newman. I hope it's Brandon. Me too. Dark horse, trick off and run. Yeah. That would be cool too. Um, Andy at Lob Pitch, we've kind of gone over this. So, what's the starting lineup next year? He sees Morton, Newman, Trey Kaufman, Wren, Gillis, and Edie. And Gillis, we have not mentioned, by the way. Um, if the transfer portal, do, portal does not deliver, what is our answer at point if if Thompson leaves, which we know Thompson is leaving? Yeah. Uh, do, we, do we go from bad to worse? Uh, we start Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, and we say a prayer before every game. Because <laughs> I think those two are going to be really you don't good. Think more, you don't think Morton can run it? He would run point in the same way that Nigel Eastern did, is that he brings the ball up, but he doesn't guard the point guards. Okay. And is that a big deal? It's not, but you still got to have guards play. We're not going to, you still got to have someone out there that's going to help him. Okay. From Boiler Trainer, do we get more set plays to run like this year started with before ISO ball, high pick and rolls took over? What's our minute load going to look like? Can Edie hit 25 to 29 minutes per game? Does Morton's mom approve of the mustache or does she <laughs> does she adore, does she abhor facial hair like my mom? Oh, <laughs> uh, Yes to more set plays, no to 25 to 29. I think he tops out at 25, and... His mustache is terrible. I don't know. <laughs> Ethan Morton's I'm on the podcast, and we can ask her about it. Yeah, we Just should. Hour. Work on that, both of you. <laughs> I'll slide into his DM. <laughs> That's all we got, unless you guys had any... Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I forgot. Um, I think I sent you guys this earlier uh, from um, from Adam Shanks. He kind of went into a thing comparing us to like uh, Baylor, Virginia, Villanova. You know, saying that we're kind of on the same schedule as them. Produce kind of on the same schedule as them as far as their NCAA tournament success, and that we're just you know what what would we be three, four, five, six years behind them yeah. and and what happens and where, like, you know, the doors, you know, Jay Wright was not a very good NCAA tournament coach to begin with. Um, and now he's a very good NCAA tournament coach. coach until he could. They basically, they couldn't coach in March until they could. And once they pulled off a couple of big wins, I mean, 
Baylor had some terrible upset upsets as a higher seed. Villanova was a one seed at least once, if not twice, that lost in the second round. Was the, you had the whole big meme of the uh, the crying girl playing the flute or piccolo in the band, Villanova girl. They were a one seed. They lost to NC State. So, like I said, I don't. I agree with that. I didn't read it thoroughly, but I skimmed it. And like that point's right. Like we're on the right path. It just, I mean, it's fluky. It's a one game sample size in March. It's just repeated one game samples, and sometimes you get the bad breaks. Sometimes you get the good breaks. We just haven't been able to stack the good breaks up yet. So. We're going to go into the segment that I've been looking forward to most of the night. <laughs> we're going to have some good. <laughs> we're going to have Gabby try and pronounce some tennis player names. <laughs> okay. So if you don't know, Ryle watches an abnormal amount of sports. If, and if, if you, you follow, follow him. If you follow me you know, on Twitter. Yeah. You I watch am, so I'm many sports. I am probably... Give, give our uh, Twitter handle so people know who the hell we are if they accidentally fall into this podcast. <laughs> I'm, so, game day, I'm at Game Day Gabby. At Riles23, R-I-L-E-S-2-3. I'm at Confidential Spoiler. And only follow me, don't follow them. <laughs> Gab, Gabby's walking spring break. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told I I told I've been told my uh, persona on Twitter comes off as a party girl. Like no it, it doesn't. It, it, that's like no it doesn't. Then I start reading through my tweets. I'm like oh. <laughs> Maybe so, I my career allows me to work from home. So, I spend a lot of time tr- have always found trying to find something to like have on the background for background noise, and I as part of my TV package, have access to the tennis channel, which I know tennis is not everyone's forte, but the nice thing about tennis is on a given week, they have tournaments all over the world, which means from like 6 a.m. until 6 p.m., there's something on that's live. And that's, I don't have to pay attention. If it's a good match, I can look up and watch a little bit, but otherwise it's just something that's on and so it's go go buy your girlfriends and flowers <laughs> i've done that before and i will probably have to do that again for how much time <laughs> to watch but anyways the genesis of this story is on march 30th i was tweeting with somebody about tennis what was happening in miami and gabby responded and said i don't even know how you would begin to pronounce those names so we have two tweets that when we post this podcast i will make sure that these get attached so gabby do you have these two pulled up i do okay start us start us with the first one okay so the first one is sasha (laughs) (laughs) so that would be sasha zverev there, okay. Um, with the potential Alcaraz. Alcaraz. <laughs> but Medvedev. <laughs> that would be number one 
was go- at the time number one player in the world, Daniil Medvedev. 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 <laughs> okay. okay. Um, we are to the list of injured tennis players, and let's see how many of these you can get. Okay. Do you guys We're still not- think I? Do you still think I cheated, Mitchell Boyer? <laughs> you can take it. You can take it. Uh, Nadal. Nadal is right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you say it, let me spell this. Let me spell this out for the listeners. T S I T S I P A S. Do it. You're going to have to edit this. Um, to sit, to sit, 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 that's Roger Federer. Barinka? Barinka is correct. Brad? That would be rude. Mm-hmm. Norwegian. Sinner? Sinner is correct. Tiafo? That would be Francis Tiafo. He is from the United Tiafo. States. Oh, fake United States. Opelka? That is correct. Fognini? Fonini. Fonini. Sounds like a pasta. He is Italian. Kai? K? Kai Nuka, yep. Monfils? Monfils. Monfils. He's French. Gail Monfils. And Cork. Cork. Okay, you got the men. And that was actually better than I thought. You got like four or five of them actually on the nose. Dude, women's these next few are, are rough. Okay. Grzykova? Grzykova is... Is that right? What I, she nailed is it. Is what I've heard. Yeah. M- Muguruza? Muguruza is correct. Oh, God. I'm good. Halep? <laughs> Halep. Halep. <laughs> Radu Kanu? <laughs> Raducano, Raducano. She is the defending U.S. Open champion. Um, Kvitova. 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 Elena. Uh, I think it's Elena Svitolina. They didn't have her last name on this for space saving, so you got lucky there. <laughs> Kennan. Kennan, yep. Collins. Daniel Collins, American. Nice, easy name for you. Yeah, nice and easy. See? Like what I need. Jab- Jabur? Jabur is correct. Vika? Vika. Vika. Georgi? Yep, I believe, yeah. Rybakina? Rybakina, yep. Garcia? Yep. Bukova. Kova. That was significantly better than I thought you would do. So hey, I actually 
I, I actually have a brain. Did you guys know that? <laughs> oh, thank I know you. you guys are mad and you think us women don't know what we're when, but I was more didn't ever know if we were going to get past Sitsi Pass because I didn't think Habitual Boiler was going to stop laughing sometime before. <laughs> <laughs> that was I was I was waiting for that name all freaking night. <clears throat> Gotta love the Greeks. Well, love the if Greeks. we haven't if we haven't lost all five of our listeners <laughs> at this point, that we'll wrap up our uh, tennis version of this podcast. But okay. good, good. I'm good. Well, can I get can I go through? I gotta go through these polls real quick, and I want to see how you guys would answer. Okay. Ben, you were really up those polls, so. Dude, I know. What was with you that day? I don't know. That's how you start good debates. So I want to know how you guys would answer these, and then I'll tell you how the Twitter population answered them. So if you guys could choose for next year's team, as they were when they left Purdue, one more year of Carson Edwards or Jaden Ivey. Riles? Since Zach Eady is still going to be the center, you got to take Carson Edwards because his game is more predicated on shooting and not driving. And I think having that shooter is going to benefit, uh, would be more beneficial to this roster as constructed. Gabby? Uh, I mean, do we want to get into a fight again? <laughs> I just don't think it's a fair question. I don't think it's a good poll. Question. Gabby? Uh, am I talking Jaden Ivey in a year or Jaden Ivey now? I'm talking Jaden Ivey as he left Purdue, the same as Carson Edwards. Um, Jaden Ivey. The poll ended up with 79% picking Carson Edwards. Yeah, because Carson Edwards took us to an elite eight. <laughs> and people don't remember anything else. Yeah, and I'm not, there's like, there are 61 replies and fights underneath that tweet so i'm not i won't even and I'll, i will go down and say it's carson edwards one of my favorite players to date yeah. okay if you guys could choose if you guys could only see purdue win one national championship in your lifetime between basketball and football men's basketball and football which would it be basketball basketball same and twitter agrees with you by 88 percent now, let me mix that up a little bit, and I think I, I really mix I, – I, I changed it enough to where uh, I got a 50-50 result on this. If you could only witness one Purdue National Championship in your lifetime, which of the following would you choose? Football in 2023 or basketball in the year 2042? So basically, a football national championship next year – or a basketball national championship in 20 years. Are you guaranteeing that I'm alive in 20 years? Like, no, not. But I'm still going. I'm still going basketball. I would still go basketball. Yeah, 20 more years of heartache, and then and then we get the big one. Okay. First I, Purdue basketball memory is them losing to Wisconsin for three times in one season to lose in the Elite Eight. This they can't hurt me anymore. They've, I've I've been hurt from the start. Yeah. So there were there were 1,600 votes on that poll, and it ended up exactly 50 percent each. So people were pretty torn on that one. 
Um, would you commit to turning your keyboard sounds on for the rest of your life if it meant Purdue winning a national title next year? Sure, I'd buy earphones. I'd buy headphones. Yeah, if you say no to this, which six percent of the people did. What do you mean? Your keyboard sounds like like, on, everything like all the clicks. Mine's on. I mean, I guess your answer is yes. <laughs> is that is that bothersome? I I seriously think people that have their keyboard sounds on are are serial killers. I don't what? know. How I don't know how you can deal with it. I like the noise, the clicking. Good for you. <laughs> That's a dumb question. <laughs> All right. Would you guys wear an IU shirt for the every day for the rest of your life if it meant Purdue wearing or winning a basketball national title in the next ten years? Oh uh, yeah, because I just have IU sucks. No, I don't, no. That's I what not. that's what a lot of people said underneath this tweet. No, it's just a legit IU shirt. Okay, people, we're not. Don't twist it like that. Does it just say like Indiana on it? Says, it? I don't care if it's, it says we're back or I don't know. It says IU. It's Ooh, an IU I don't know. I don't I, know. I don't think I can wear it. I, I did would, say you could wear like a shirt over it. That'd be fine. You're still good. Okay, then you're just. There's much I do wouldn't do to see a Purdue national title. So, what's your answer? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Would you take Purdue basketball winning a national title next year if it meant all of your descendants for the next 1,000 years for Notre Dame fans? Sure. Why not? Sure. I don't have to talk to them. I I think I'm a no on this one. I couldn't do that. No, be, I don't care what they cheer for. I'll be dead. That's fine. Cheer for I do. Especially if it's Notre Dame. I don't hate Notre Dame. You're kicked off the show. <laughs> no, I knew that. Was I can't believe you just called all Purdue Nation that. I don't. I mean, I don't like enough. Like, I hate IU more than Notre Dame. All right, that's that's all I got on the toll on the uh, polls. Um, there's really nothing else to, that I wanted to go over today. I I wanted to mention Purdue baseball. You know, they started off hot, hot, hot. They've lost five of their last six. They got swept at Illinois. Um, their bullpen's been pretty rough here the last uh, last couple weeks, but um, I do. Think <laughs> <laughs> and we're seeing Ryle do like a Ryle's do like aerobics. <laughs> I cat toy off on the couch. <laughs> uh, but at least Purdue, I think they're 19 and six or something, so they're still winning some ball games, and hopefully they get they uh, they keep that up. The football spring game again is in two days. We're recording this on Saturday, the ninth, or I'm sorry, we're recording this on Thursday, the seventh. The uh, the football spring game is Saturday the ninth. I know there's lots of injuries to this football squad. Uh, the wide receiver core is almost completely out. I think Riley said the cornerback group is almost non-existent. So you know, I think the main goal is keep keep Aiden O'Connell healthy, and other than that, enjoy a nice day at Purdue. If you're going to the spring game, that's all I got. That's all I got, folks. Well, I got two spring game run ten plays at half speed, and say whatever. There's too many key players hurt right now that you're not going to learn anything from it. Hand it off nine times and call it a day. Yep.
Well, guys, thanks. Maybe we'll do this again in a couple of weeks when we know what the the transfer market's going to yield. Uh, yeah, we'll get into a little bit more football. We can do a, spa- we can do a space. Get some yeah, I would like, would like to do a live, get some interaction from the Purdue world because we're in a pretty big lull here uh, this time of year, and, and it's hard to stay focused on Purdue sports. But uh, we'll do something pretty soon. And, and before we get off here, I just do want to say it's the uh, opening day baseball. The Reds are up in the bottom of the seventh, six to one over the Atlanta and Braves. The Go Cubs won. We don't know there's about the Cubs. The Except Cubs like 80% of the people is going to listen to this. <laughs> True. Well, if they're smart, they'd be White Sox fans. But so. Are you a Sox fan? I have been since I was little. Oh, I've been my like, goodness. Like we got White Sox games. We got so many people hitting unsubscribe right now. <laughs> that's well, all I can guys think. Go ahead, Ryle. I was gonna say that's their loss. Where else yeah. can I find witty quips about cheez its <laughs> Nowhere. That's where it's a completely amateur podcast. Got anything else, Gabby? Nope. All right, guys. Thanks for everybody listening. We hope you uh Tell your friends about us and all your family and and tune in to us on our next time and keep listening and give us all the likes and whatever else we do on podcast. This is Boiler Up and Beer Down. Follow us on Twitter. Um, We'll catch you next time. Go Boilers. Boiler Up. Boiler Up.